Hey, hey, this is Heather, and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. Today's episode is called Wanting the Big Questions and Life Answered. <laughs> Let's get into that today. That's a small topic, right? <laughs> that should be nothing. All right, guys, I'm excited to have you here, and here we go. So by now you probably realize I like talking about things that are maybe a little off topic, things that, you know, some of us ponder in our minds but don't talk about. I just think it's way more fun to explore, you know, the human experience and why we are the way we are. It really, I don't know, I get excited about it. So this topic, no different. It's funny because I think I've seen it more recently, especially the holidays are approaching and, you know, I have this grief group that you all probably know about by now. So I hear a lot of people talking about prayer. I also hear a lot of people talking about feeling abandoned in that space. Like, you know, they aren't, their prayers are not being answered. They're not being heard. They're not hearing answers back. Um, and I think that that's a topic none of us really talk about. You know, even, even in the world, in the space of religion, it's like we've stopped talking about prayer in a sense like I don't know it's not something I hear people talk about all that much yeah a lot of people do incorporate it often when things are going south right like when things are not going our way that's when most people hit their knees like I feel like that is a common experience that a lot of us shelf it until we feel like in our life we're in need of extra prayer we say but really is it really extra (laughs) have we been praying every day and now we're needing other people to contribute towards that you know, to make that more heard? I mean, what is it? Because this is what's interesting. As much as like when we're offering support and we say, oh, sending prayers or whatever those little, you know, a lot of people say that. What does it truly mean? And when do people even do it? It's questionable. I will say that it is questionable. But also, it's just very interesting to me that we believe our words not being heard and received as how do I even say this? Wow, that was a big bird that just flew overhead. You could probably hear that. I heard it on my speakers and that's what cued me to look up and it was a big bird just flew right over my head. Sorry, Uh, (laughs) that distracted me. But okay, so here's what I'm getting at. If when I pray, I believe that my, that the God I believe in is hearing me and that he cares about all of his people equally, uh, why on earth would I believe that I need additional prayers in order for God to somehow grant me what I'm asking for? Because as much as I still think we should be praying for one another, that's not what the the message is here at all. Please don't get that twisted. I just think that it's funny that it comes from a place of like feeling like he's not hearing me. I need more. You know, I need everybody to pray. I need the power of all that prayer. I don't believe in my heart that it's amplified by the volume of people saying that prayer. So when people are sick, when people are struggling, and it's like, oh, I'm going to send you some extra prayers. I'm sending my prayers your way. And I still will say this. So I'm not saying don't don't say that. I think it's very supportive. I think we all like to hear that because it feels like people are keeping us in, you know, the light of their thoughts even. Like, you know, even beyond the prayer point, like it's like, wow, they're looking out for us emotionally and they're sending love our way and that all feels really good. So I think there's power in that anyway. But what I'm getting at is I believe it's already been heard, it's already been received, and it's already being worked on. 
that's where my heart's at. I think that what where we kind of go askew here a little bit as a society is that the answers come pretty immediately. I do think that. I think if we are in tune with um, really listening for that answer after asking the question, a lot of us think that's just like, oh no, that that's just the voice in my head. That's just my own conscience speaking out or my own idea of what I think he'd say back to me or whatever. We kind of brush it off. But I actually think that voice is the one we should be listening to because I think we get a direct answer after we ask the question. I think that we just often are like still, wait, I don't know what to do. But we haven't really listened. Not just heard, but listened because we don't hear any voice. That's frustrating, right? Like we all wish we could just hear someone on the other end of the telephone saying, go do this. <laughs> yeah, the, the higher power sound just in our ear, like loud and clear. And that's not the human experience. Uh, it's not, but it's there. I think the answer is there. So what I was going to get at before is that where I think we go wrong is that I think that we hear an answer, but we often write it off as our own inner thoughts and something that you know we already kind of knew to be true. But I think that if we realize that this isn't just our own, like, um, you know, like our inner Jiminy Cricket, so to speak. This is something bigger than that. We know it's right because why? Like our, our soul knows that that's the answer. You know what I mean? It's like we do know it. We tend to ignore it. And then we tend to believe we're not being heard if we don't get the answer we want immediately. So there's where I feel like we stumble a bit. Um, I'm trying to say this the right way is why I keep pausing a little bit because it's it's a hard thing to sort of like put to words. But I feel like I feel like it happens instantaneous, yes. But I think we also we want that instantaneous um, outward answer, that loud booming voice, the no doubt question in our minds. But what really could answer at all for us is to stop looking away from that little inner Jiminy Cricket on your shoulder to stop saying like, even though I know the answer here, it must be something else because why? Do we not like that answer that we are hearing? Do we not think it's enough? Do we think, you know, because I've even like prayed on, I mean, I pray for just about everything nowadays. It's like, I, I can't even tell you how many times a day I send out a prayer. But I always feel like that first immediate answer, my go-to is like, yeah, I know, but like I have this little like, I know that, I know that, but like there's got to be more, you know, like, no, if, if what I'm hearing in my mind is like to be patient, then that's it. Like, why am I then still trying to struggle? It's like, I need the struggle, please. And oh, I, I, it can't just be to sit and wait. There's no way. What else? You know what I mean? Like, I think I hear be patient often. I also, you know, hear to like do the next steps that I already knew were the next steps. But somehow it must have been that in my mind I had already sort of written off. Like, I want another answer. I don't want to have to do that. You know, so if we don't like what we get, we're like suddenly thinking, oh, it's because I haven't heard God yet. He hasn't answered me yet. You know, shame on him for not hearing me when really it is our own impatience and um not just impatience, but stubbornness that stands firm in that no, there's a bigger answer. Sometimes I think there's just not. Sometimes I think we're waiting on an answer that's already been given to us. 
we just closed off to hearing it. Um, I know, especially with my husband's cancer, whoa, the days, the prayers, the intense prayers, the getting the kids in the living room with us because my husband was stuck in the um, hospital bed in the living room. Like we were on our hands and knees. Well, he was in the bed, but we were like kneeling at his bedside, praying with all our might, holding hands. We had friends on the phone praying with us at times. We just thought that, I don't know, if we could pray more loudly, more clearly, more, um, you know, deliberately, more with more volume and more people and more intensity, somehow, like maybe God hadn't quite heard yet just how important this is to my heart, just how much I need this answered, you know? And it's like, you're, who am I trying to coerce here, right? The one who's already pulling puppet strings. So what on earth? Like say it and he knows it. Think it, he knows it. You know what I mean? Like, I think you if you uttered it, he knows it. If you never even spoke it out loud, I think he knows it. So it's very interesting. And I do think there's still power to the word and to saying it and to saying it, you know, loudly and in volume and with others and all of that. I think it's more powerful sometimes when you pray in a church full of people than when you're doing it, you know, on your own in your car as you're driving on the street. But I also think like it's already been received and heard. And he's already well aware of everybody's desires. So it's really just a matter of like, <laughs> are we really okay with getting truthful answers back? Because I think maybe that's where I brush it off. I think I, I assume it's because I already have an inner knowing of what's right or what's to be or what's going to happen. I think all of us have that. So when I ask a question and I already immediately have this sort of response pop up in my brain, it's because inside I already know what's right. Um, my priest will probably tell me that that's because it's the Holy Spirit in you. Like, I think that I, we've had this conversation before because I feel like I remember those words. But I think that there's just this inner knowing that we have within us to know, you know, I mean, even when you're begging for someone's life, you know, I think on some level I knew we were up against a battle that was not to be won. It wasn't that he wasn't strong enough. It wasn't that, you know, we weren't good enough people to receive that answer that we wanted. Um, sorry, this one gets me a little choked up, but I think it wasn't any of those things. I think he wanted to give it to us, but I think he saw more purpose and a, there was a reason. You know, there was already a bigger reason at play. Because trust me, I don't think he ever would have even had the diagnosis of cancer, you know, happen to him if like, all was well and good and it could just go away. You know what I mean? Like sometimes, and this is why I think some people's cancer fights and, you know, health battles go right in my own heart. I believe it's because in some cases it was just that diagnosis that was enough to inspire or to create this new, you know, sort of snowball effect of things happening. Just that alone was enough. But, you know, I mean, I, as much as I was in the, the bargaining phase of grief and begging God to change his mind and promising him all the things that I would do differently. Yep, there was definitely, there was a little falsehood in some of the things I was speaking because truly I didn't know this per se. I didn't feel like I was lying to God because I felt like, gosh, if he gives me this, I will do everything and anything. I'll dedicate my life to like, you know, spreading his message. I'll do whatever. Like, I, I mean, I was like ready to throw it all down at his feet. So I don't think that it was like, man, I'm not, you know, I, I wasn't purposely like, you know, deceiving God or whatever, but I think only he knew how things would really play out. 
And it wasn't the, the loss of my husband that necessarily inspired all the next things that have happened in my life. It was the true rock bottom nature of that compiled with a million things that followed right after. Me hitting like below where I thought the bottom was. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I think I've told you, I know I've told you guys this before, but the day where everything went, I mean, toilets were clogged, lights were out, closets were broken, jury duty broke, you know, somebody smashing into my mailbox, a car, the computer crashed, the backup crashed, the, you know, credit card shut off, like everything. It was hell. I mean, for me, it was hell on earth. Everything that was right was wrong and everything, you know, I mean, it, it really was a poop sandwich and I was at the center of it all finally broken. It took a lot, like I had a lot of will. It took a lot to break me. And then when I was broken and hit the ground and the tears and I couldn't stand back up, like it wasn't until the moment where like I had hit the ground a million times, I the tears had flown a million times, but until the day that I was like, done, I can't, I can't do it. It's not in me. My inner strength, my resolve, it's gone. Like I, you've taken the very core of my life, stripped it away. Now don't expect something from me. You know what I mean? That's how I felt. I was like, geez, I can't, like nobody could function with all of this. This is too much for one person. So he needed to show me that it wasn't. That the human experience, you can do so much more. Like we always think we're at our limits. You know, totally at rock bottom, completely at my upper limits. No more, nothing else. I can't handle another thing. You know, all the while, like in the back of our minds waiting for the shoe to drop. Like I, I think we've always thought that we're being tested. I hear that a lot, like, yeah, he's testing me, but I don't even know. I think true brokenness, out of only that, it's like the phoenix thing, you know, out of those ashes rise your own greatness. And so sometimes, I think I had given up before, like I thought I was living this blissful, perfect life with my husband, and by all accounts I was, but I had shut off the lights. Do you know what I mean? Like once I had kids and I decided to stay home or whatever, they were now at an age where they were back in school and not necessarily, but you can make excuses for the rest of your life for why you're not taking that step forward. I had a lot more to offer and contribute in this world and I was content and comfortable. Like I wasn't shooken up to my core. I wasn't broken and, you know, begging for answers. I was at a place where it was like, eh. You know, meh was okay for me. Well, it was way better than meh. Let me be honest. My life was perfect, but I wasn't contributing. Like, come on, guys. This life is not about you. This is the hardest thing that I think we end up being real selfish sometimes in our ways. And I'm not calling you selfish. I mean, I'm even inter-reflecting here. Like, I think I was selfish at that point because if I could be helping people, you know, here I was, I had my doctorate in physical therapy and I was sitting on my hands, basically. You know what I mean? Like, what a waste. I had, you know, years of experience helping people conceive. There was plenty of people who could have used that gift. I wasn't sharing it. I loved to write and I could easily be contributing to the world through my word. I wasn't doing it. I always wanted to do a podcast wasn't signing up for it. Like, sure, I could have done any of these things, but I was okay and happy. And why do I need to do all that when I have everything I need already? And I could just spend this time, you know, making fancy dinners for my family and, you know, ordering Christmas gifts in uh, September. And you know what I mean? The stuff I was doing, yes, I was busy, but it was stuff that like, 
I mean, now I know busy. I know busy because I have a house that is trashed, but I have a week full of grief clients looking for phone calls and every minute of my day is scheduled and I have a sick kid downstairs and, you know, I mean, you know it when it starts to pile up and you truly can't step out of it, then you can say you're busy. But we all think we're busy and couldn't fit anything else. I was certainly putting off, you know, getting to the things. None of this was like necessary stuff. Like, yeah, of course, the dirty dishes can stay in the sink. You know, life will go on. (laughs) But back when my husband was still here, like that was never the case. I was always on top of it. Um, You know, I was always the parent volunteering to make the fun snacks for the classroom and, um, you know, chaperoning field trips. And of course I was busy. I was out straight then too, but not with like, you know, survival. So it's funny. Like I don't think in those days I could have seen, I mean, everybody says, yeah, no, I can understand that. I could see how much worse it could be. I am so blessed. We'll say that, but truly living the experience of it is the only thing that shakes you up enough to decide, you know what? I need to change this. You know, the world deserves better of me and I deserve better than like, you know, just putting my life on the back burner because I think, and then going along again with where my faith lies, I believe that we were all blessed with gifts and I believe some of us really embrace those gifts and those are the people that you see like, you know, if somebody was blessed with the gift of song and has this gorgeous voice and they embrace it and they, those are the people that you see become superstars Somebody who has like, you know, really beautiful written word and they, you know, have all these bestsellers, they have embraced their gift. But those of us who have those beautiful gifts and then we decide, you know, like I I have this powerful gift of being able to communicate and I'm going to go work at a toll booth where I don't talk to anybody all day. You know what I mean? I have zero communication with anybody. That's what I'm saying. Like I think that so often we end up down a path or, you know, even just be like, you know, a job just where there's nothing, you're not communicating all day. You're sitting at a desk and maybe inputting things in a computer. So you don't even talk. Like sometimes we totally deny that part of ourselves that is a really beautiful gift. And if you really want big success, you got to embrace those gifts. And also I have people every day telling me they're ready to give up and can't handle this life anymore. Well, to those people, I would say similarly, like, have you fully embraced what your gift is. And the reason I ask that is because I think that's your ticket. Like if you really are like, you know what, God, why do you still have me here? There's no purpose. All my people are gone. I'm alone. I mean, I know people in their 80s that are saying that to me every day. And my answer to that is, have you yet contributed your gift to the world? Because I think oftentimes that's the missing link. Like we have something in us. It might just be some little nugget, but like, Pass that on and see what happens. You know what I mean? Like once that happens, maybe God will say, you know what? Here comes eternity. Like, and I'm not, this kind of sounds backwards because for some of you, it might be like, shoot, better stop living my gift. He's about to take me. No, I don't think that either. I really don't. I think when you're fully embracing your gift and contributing and stuff, there's a lot to be spread and a lot of goodness. We never know when our day will be. But my point is just this. We got to let go of that wheel, you know, hear the voice, that inner voice. It's in there and we're, you know, we're turning off the volume. So I've noticed that when I do sometimes hear something, it's easy to kind of brush off, but it often comes back again. Have you guys ever noticed that? Like, it's not like you just hear something once. It's like that 
that thing just pops up again and again. So like, I guess my question to you is, do you believe that to be coincidence? Because it's like, all right, if somebody, you know, if I hear a knock at the door once, I could kind of brush it off and be like, ah, it could be a branch, it could be an animal, it could be something fell over in the other room. But if I hear that knock again and again and again, like, is it coincidence or are you gonna go see what's at the door? You know what I mean? So I would just um, encourage you that when you're hearing things over and over again, and it seems to be coming, to, seems to be becoming a pattern, that rather than brushing it off to coincidence, start to listen to those little messages that you see around you. So, you know, I've, I could go deep on this, but, <coughs> excuse me, it's more about, you know, sometimes it's the big things, but other times it's even just something so simple of like, like I've had a couple times today, my, I come across my mind that I, sh I need to take a look at the bills because I feel like there's one I haven't paid recently that sh I should have. It's probably on my island somewhere. And I brush it off. And I brushed it off like four or five times as it's sort of come across my mind if I really think about it over the last few days. So that's a minor example. But on a bigger scale, when we're asking the big questions, really listen to think have you heard an answer or seen or seen signs or and things that you just kind of keep brushing off <laughs> um I had a pretty direct one I told you all about this right after that hitting the knees day of um with that welcome to my podcast group in my email <laughs> inbox that I had not signed up for there's no more blatant obvious sign than that that is a very unusual thing and not to mention, highly unlikely, I probably signed up for it during some moment of, you know, whatever, and wasn't really paying attention. I was robotically doing and didn't even realize I signed up for it. So it probably less coincidence, um, at even there, or like some divine drop into my email inbox, probably more my own steps that I forgot I took. <laughs> but all the same, like that same week, I remember hearing some friend of mine bring up a podcast they've been listening to. Um, I had that come into my box. I had a few different, I mean, now some of this is Facebook al algorithm, let's be honest, you know, or, um, or Siri listening in on me. I don't know, but you know, some of it certainly is, I think just that like, you know, our tech is so smart. Now it starts putting things in front of you and it hears you talking about things or whatnot. But that aside, um, I do think it wasn't just around tech, it was other people's conversations. It was, um, you know, I don't know. I just feel like I bumped into thing all things podcast that week several times. So, you know, could have brushed it off, but if I had been thinking about doing a podcast forever and now all of a sudden it seems like a lot of signs are piling up, you know, just open your eyes a little bit. Don't be so shut off to it because sometimes you never know that thing that you just, I mean, you might be like, this isn't the time in my life to do that thing. But it might not even, you might never get to the finish line of that thing. It might just be those action steps of starting to try to look into it or whatever that could bring you somewhere totally different. But um, yeah, you've got to follow the breadcrumbs. You just do. So guys, I'm going to take a quick break. I've got a lot of fun things I want to talk about when we get back. So don't go anywhere. And thanks for joining today. Holidays are hard. <laughs> they are. And when you are grieving the loss of a soulmate, it is near impossible sometimes. So doing it in isolation um, and feeling loneliness is not the answer. The answer is to 
be surrounded by support and be willing to reach out when you need the help. So I am coaching inside of a private Facebook group to help people who have soul crushing loss. And so for anybody who would like to grab that link, check out my podcast description today and I would love to see you in there. Just in case any of you are not finding that description but you want in, especially around the holidays, I know how hard they can be. The way that you can get to it is using https colon slash slash connectionbeyondstruggle.com. So it's that simple. No www's in there. <laughs> Just keep it really simple and that'll take you right to the invite page, guys. All right, back to the show. I know I've talked on karma before, so this is just a little extension on some of the karma stuff I've already talked to you about, but it really goes along with this topic. Somehow these topics always seem to weave together, but um, you know, when we pray and we feel like we get no answers, so many of us think that, you know, we're just not being answered, we're not being heard, um, and I think a lot of us give up, and so this is just a little bit to that. I'm not saying that's bad karma. <laughs> I'm just saying, what if it was, right? Like, do we truly, one, believe that response to have to be instantaneous, right? Um, you know, I had a morning where I deserved full, terrible karma. I did. I was just frustrated with one of my kids. I was yelling. You know, I wasn't patient. But instead, I was blessed with a great morning, so like, what the heck, right? So karma-wise, I really deserved to have a crappy day. I was dumping crap on others. Like, why on earth was I then blessed with this good morning? Like, everything was going my way, and like, how did that happen? It was the response to two days ago when I was doing all the right stuff. I was being kind. I was loving others. I was being supportive. I was doing, doing, doing. And I felt like my, you know, all that wasn't being returned. That's what I believe. I believe that I just had this expectation that this karma was going to happen so instantly. Like, okay, I, I I just acted nasty. Now something nasty is about to come my way. But pause a minute. Like everything we do, I just think this, I mean, it's largely an American way. But I mean, I know I have listeners all over the world. Y'all might be used to this too, that I just think we are impatient. It's like we think, I just did this. Now this is going to happen. You know what I mean? Whether it be karma or otherwise, we just expect things so immediately. I asked God for it, so now what the heck? He didn't hear me. He didn't listen. You know, I told him I was in a poverty situation, and yet here I am. I just lost more money. You know what I mean? But, like, give it a second. You know what I mean? I don't know how we think a message could get from us to God, have him have the time to receive everybody's requests, turn it around instantaneously, provide you with exactly what you need. I mean, I've got to imagine it takes some, like, there's a lot of people affected by every single little, you know what I mean? Like, we've talked about the pebble in the lake and the ripple effect. So, literally, they give, if God's going to give you the money you need for whatever, um, and remember, we've talked in past episodes, it's not always in the manner that you need it or want it. Like, it might come in some other weird way you never expected. So, stop trying to control that aspect. But let's just say it hasn't come yet. Like, I think like if he gives you that, where's it coming from? It's got to come from somewhere. 
that needs to be coordinated, then that affects something else, then that affects something else, and then that might need to shift this. Could you imagine being the almighty string puller? I can't even imagine. it. But yet we expect magic in instance. We expect like fairy godmother or wand, like we've seen in the movies, poof, here, you want it? It's yours. <laughs> you know, and it's like we're so angry when it's we're not being heard. But I think this little moment I had really got me thinking, you know, my expectations are just too high. I need to give them a second to breathe, for goodness sakes. Like, even karmically speaking, I do something great. It doesn't mean it's not being seen. It's not being like, I'm not being rewarded in some way, which we're not always rewarded for our good behavior. But you know what I mean? Like, Boy, I was putting in a lot of extra effort that day to try to just go above and beyond in the way of like doing good things for the greater good. It was just one of those days where I was really like, my goodness, I'm doing all this stuff and like just feel like I can't, the crud just keeps falling on me. Why? Like I'm doing right today. Some days I'm not doing right. Some days I'm like frustrated, like I said, talking to my kids with like a you know, without the patience and getting snippy and whatever. But this day, this day I was being a good person. So why is all the bad stuff happening? That's what I was kind of like trying to grapple with. But I think like it did, I did get a, like a reward for that hard work. It just didn't come for a couple days. Same thing probably happened with that bad juju I was giving myself, right? I was definitely in a place of like not being the mother that I wanted to be. I was just so fed up. I like it was like everything I had been telling him to do wasn't happening realizing everything was left at school and forgotten all these things just compiling and it built up and I boiled over and then the beautiful day I had I mean let's just face it we all know that's not a reward for my good parental behavior so what is it I think it was the delayed response from days ago when I had really earned to have a great day you know, all that good stuff came back. The people I'd reached out to reached back, took a few days, like all these things, like you just had to let it unfold. All the while, then my bad attitude, because I felt like I hadn't gotten what, you know, like things aren't going my way. I was probably, that's probably half of why I was in such a grumpy mood two days later and treated my kids like garbage in the response. You know what I mean? And then what did I do? Oh, it's like a roller coaster. Well, go figure guys, we're on a roller coaster because we're creating a roller coaster. Sometimes, not always, but sometimes we are the ones, we're those magicians. We're the ones that are literally going from one extreme of being such a good person one day to like being, you know, not somebody worthy of the gifts we're asking for the next day. So it's like up and down and up and down. And by the time you finally got the thing, then you're already being not worthy of it. And then you're and having a bad day two days later and then up and down and up and down. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> you know? So I think if you believe that the good stuff karmically comes back to you, then continue to be that. Don't lose hope. Don't lose fresh, you know, don't get frustration. Don't lose faith. Just know it's coming. Just know that your life's going to be good. It's going to be taken care of. Everything's going to be okay because you are doing good things. You are a good person at your core. And if you keep living your life that way in every turn, then the rewards will just start flowing. But when we get frustrated that we're not getting our big questions answered and we get upset about it and then we think, what the heck, I'm throwing in the towel, I've had enough, this is not going my way, all these things, it's like bad, 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 bad. Now you just, you know, they say that whole like, it takes one 
what is that saying? Is it Dr. Phil that says it? Something about however many attaboys it takes to undo the one negative thing. I don't know. But you know where I'm going with this. It's like, you know, you have just undid, unraveled all that good work you just did all in one instant of just being like selfishly impatient and wanting your answer now and your reward now and your response and to be heard and seen now. It's like, calm down. I'm talking to myself, by the way. <laughs> I mean, I know I do this. It's like, I just need to take a seat, breathe a minute. That's where meditation can be really beneficial because, geez, if we could all just breathe and like look inward a little and let the world quiet down around us, realize we've just done good things doesn't need to be immediately rewarded, nor does it always, but karmically speaking, your life will be blessed because you're being a good person. So just keep it going, keep it moving, doing the right things, and don't let it be like, one, don't demand a reward for what you do. Don't expect some karmically good blessing just because you've been a good person. That's just, that should just be life expectations. Everybody should be their best version of themselves. But I do think if you live your life in that light as often as you can, consistently, then I think the rewards start to flow regularly without the roller coaster wave of the negative stuff jumping in and getting in the way of you seeing it for all of the beauty that it is. I wonder why we're that way, by the way. I wonder what it is that inside of us makes us think that Every good deed deserves some reward. Like, why do we think that it's so, um, I don't know, like a cause and effect? I've done something good. Where's my whatever? <laughs> I see that a lot for sure. Um, it is, I do kind of love this aspect of what I do for work now. I get to meet with all types of people from all over the world. And I have seen a lot of different personality types sort of surface. Um, and it is very interesting, the what's in it for me aspect that comes up often. I don't mean like in my business, just like with people's, you know, I did this, this and this for this person. And what was in it for me? I even had somebody on the contrary, just talking to me about looking to find a new relationship. And um, he has some physical needs. So was concerned about you know, that topic of, you know, how to address the fact that there will be certain, I don't even know what the word for it is, but like certain things and aspects in his life where he will require, you know, more than maybe some people in the, in the realm of like, you know, I don't expect somebody to be my full-time care nurse, but I will need help with things like meals, with things like, you know, I mean, and Look, in relationships, we all have, there's like things that we just sort of divide and conquer in a relationship. And certainly the scale's not always even. I mean, when we're sick, often when one person becomes caregiver and the other becomes fully dependent, that's a thing. You know, these things happen in relationships sometimes. And, you know, my answer to that was this. If you're looking for somebody in your relationship, a life part in your relationship, in your life, a life partner who, you know, you would consider a partner in life. Think about those words. It's like, I never once, and I care, I was the caregiver for my husband through his sickness the whole time at home. 
um, right up until he took his last breath. I didn't have nursing help. I did ha end up, it's funny, like if you're still receiving something like immunotherapy, which he continued to do right up till the end, you're not allowed to be on hospice. So a lot of the care isn't even, you know, at your fingertips. But not once in that entire experience did I ever feel resentful towards him or like, hey, I didn't sign up for this, which is the words that the, the gentleman just used with me. He was like, you know, I don't want someone to feel like, hey, I didn't sign up for all this. But do you really ever, I mean, if you're, if you found the right person, think on this for a second, would you want your perfect person if you were to become ill and require full-time care to ever look at you as a burden and think, I didn't sign up for this? God, no. My husband and I were so in love. It didn't even, the only question I ever asked was, am I doing enough? Like I wanted to do more for him and I felt like I couldn't do anything, even though I was doing everything. You know what I mean? Like if you're in a really healthy relationship with a partner who truly loves you, those questions shouldn't come up. It shouldn't be something of like the what's in it for me and what, you know, oh, I hate it. I don't know why we get that way. And I say we, and I like to think I'm not in that collective we because it irks me so much, but I'm sure we've all been, you know, on the end of being presumptuous maybe that like you're owed something but like I think everybody at some point has probably done it without realizing it you know you see it creep in sometimes not in the the respect of somebody sitting there with their hand held open like okay now what's in it for me but more like um feeling like it has to always be give and take and I don't know if I believe that I believe sometimes we have a really lopsided equation and when you commit to marriage, you're agreeing. That's what those for sickness um, and sickness and health for, you know, good times, bad, all that. You're agreeing to it because you really are committing to the fact that I am about to get the best of you. I'm about to get the worst of you, but I'm there for the whole darn thing. Like whether it goes sideways, whether you can no longer hold up any end of anything and this scale is totally tipped in your favor and... You know, I still feel like our love is enough for me to feel like I am receiving from you. I don't need you to care for me in that way. I am here for it all. You know, so maybe that's that's what we need to get straight is I think a lot of people must say their wedding vows and really not think about the words they're saying. Because, I mean, in this time that we're in, there's a lot of divorce. There's a lot of things like maybe like the weight of it didn't set in at the time when you said the words or maybe the person turned out to not be what you thought you were signing up for or you know there's a million reasons why sometimes things end the way they do but you know if you're really looking for a loving relationship and you're really wanting somebody who's gonna be okay with the this that and whatever everybody always like lists their baggage like it's somehow you know, reduces their value or worth. It's like, come on, this is the stuff we all carry. Who shows up without a bag? <laughs> I mean, we all have something. It's all different. And it's not about what somebody willing to accept. It's about like, are you even in this fully for me? Because when you're fully invested in, in the person, like I never, I don't think it's ever crossed my mind, like in the whole extent of our relationship, like, Maybe because it was pretty well balanced of like, he was always checking in on me emotionally. He was always, you know, and when you're provided for in that way, you don't think about like who's putting dinner on the table and who's 
pumping gas and who's whatever. Like no one's keeping a list, you know? If you are keeping a list, maybe that's where, you know, you just got to evaluate your situation a little bit and and really take notice of if you're, you know, I don't know, I don't want to say expecting too much, but nobody should be keeping score. You know, nobody wins in that scenario. And if you are, then the love must not be there because I never cared about who was ahead, who was behind, who was doing more for the other. But then, I mean, to the contrary, I always did worry about if I were the one to get sick first and he had to care for me. I worried about that for him. I didn't want him to have to care for me. So I understand fully the worry. Um, and I don't, I think I understand the, the worry entirely to not want somebody to have to care for you. I struggle more with the people who would have difficulty or, um, you know, be somehow a little turned off by the idea of having to care for somebody. Now, I don't think it's healthy within a relationship for a, you know, partner in that relationship to turn into the prime caregiver because those two roles just don't coexist well. Um, you know, and for me, it was short term, but for life, you know, if you know you have a condition which will require assistance for the rest of your life, you should have your help there, which you would need anyway, right? If you were independent, and not in a relationship and having to go at life alone, you would have to hire the help and find the nursing and all that stuff. So do that and then that relationship can be added to the equation. Um, you know, I don't think it's a healthy thing to have that person be your everything. But I also think if the person loves you, they would never mind. Like, let's say the nurse is out sick. They would never mind saying, don't even worry about it. I got it today. Like, I certainly wouldn't. I mean, I would have embraced that. I would have loved to have been able to care for him longer than I did. Um, but it's wearing, no doubt. It is wearing when one, when a scale is completely imbalanced for long extended periods and you don't have big support um, helping to sort of even that out again. It is tricky. Um, the topic today was supposed to be about wanting the big questions in life answered. <laughs> and of course, as I always do, I strayed a bit. But I think really these topics all tie in and if you want your big questions answered my guess is it's already being answered it's just about being receptive to hearing hearing what your you know the response is and opening up it's not just about hearing it's about really listening really embracing and not ignoring the nudges and the signs and the things and the whispers you have to pay attention to that and if you're not then you might find yourself banging your head against the wall and saying, I don't understand why I'm not getting my big questions answered, why everybody else is and I'm not, why am I not heard? Why is my situation not as, you know, important to higher power as the next person's? And I don't think he's playing favorites. I think that it, it comes down to us, our willingness to hear it and not just hear it, but then, oh, take those actions. That's the hard part, right? Sometimes we hear it, it's just like, what the heck are we doing with it <laughs> or not doing with it, which is often the case. And I've found myself on the top end of that one enough times that, you know, these last two years of my life, I have totally given it up, totally following those nudges and voices, even when I don't like what I'm hearing. That's happened on several occasions lately. And lo and behold, guess what? <laughs> I don't know everything. <laughs> what a aha moment, right? Like I have quite often been wrong. I wanted to dig my heels in and be right. And then I was just wrong. You know, I mean, we don't all 
handle things beautifully all the time and it's not always pretty, but you know, admitting your wrongs and, and just trying to do better each day and really listen and follow. Oh, it's a hard, hard road, especially because you know, just like your relationship with any person in this life, your relationship with God can have those same factors of like, we're just not seeing eye to eye. <laughs> so for me, it's like, okay, I already know we're not going to be seeing eye to eye, but I am here to listen. I am here to follow and I'm not here to question any longer. I have figured out enough times in my life now that the only time things aren't going my way is when I insist on the struggle and instead of just letting the thing be easy. So let it be easy, guys, and go out there and do great things. Have an amazing holiday. If you uh, haven't gotten past Thanksgiving yet when you hear this, you know, I hope it's a great day of family and gathering and that you find just a little something, something to be grateful for. Gratitude is what the day is all about, right? Giving thanks. So I'm thankful for you all, for you tuning in every week, and I'll catch you again next week. Bye, guys.